This is the online broadcast for Dorchester Community Church for Sunday the 21st of June. Thinking of the subject, is he the one who really cares? Hi, I'm Roger and I'm the pastor of the church here. Welcome. Now, I wonder if you've ever uh, played that game where somebody has said to you, what animal would you say that you are most like? Now, I don't want you to email me to tell me what animal you think I'm most like. No, that's not this week's competition. But, you know, according to scientists, most scientists would say that we are most like, wait for it, rats. Yuck. Because apparently they've got similar bodily functions to ourselves. Others would say we're most like ants or bees. You've heard the phrase, working around like busy bees. Because they're social creatures, the same as ourselves, and, like human beings, live in highly structured societies. Others, again, would say that apparently we're most like dolphins, not because we're cute, far from it, but because of the similar ratio of brain mass to body size. Well, what about the Bible? What does the Bible say that we're like in terms of being equated to a type of animal? Well, the Bible most frequently describes us as sheep. Sorry about that. And that does sound a bit like bad news. But hold that thought. Because, you know, we've been thinking in our recent series that we've called Jesus in his own words about some of the things that this Jesus has said. And we're going to do that again today by thinking about the claim that he made where he said, I am the good shepherd. Well, so what? What is all that about? Shepherd and sheep. We kind of get that. But in terms of the relevance of someone who lived over 2,000 years ago, can he really still care for the likes of you and me? That's what we're going to think about today as we do church together. Come on, you! Now that's a little puppet there that's being dragged in. We're going to start today by singing a traditional hymn. It was one of the favourites of a lady by the name of Alma. who have been a part of the church here for 55 years and sadly, aged 95, passed away last week. She actually used to live right here where I am now. And that favourite hymn was called O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hand hath made. Then sings my soul, my Saviour God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. When you consider the surroundings that we've got all the way around us here, it ought to be a very easy thing to do to praise the name of our God. So let's do that in song together right now.
in the Old Testament. And he himself was a shepherd. And he employed that analogy repeatedly. In Psalm 100 verse 3, we read there that he said that we as believers are God's people and the sheep of his pasture. The most well-known psalm of all, Psalm 23. We read there that David was expressing, the Lord is my shepherd. The most important word for you and me in that context with that verse is, my, do we know this shepherd? Throughout the Bible, you know, we see the same parallel drawn between men and women and sheep. Back in the Old Testament in Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 11, it says there that God tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that are young. So many references, so many analogies to ourselves being like sheep. Why is that? Do you think maybe it's got something to do with, out of all species, the one that needs guidance and is forever feeling that sense of lostness is probably sheep. Which is why that maybe reflects you and me. We like to go our own way, don't we? We've all got that rebellious spirit within us to a greater or lesser degree. We see signs that say, please don't touch wet paint. And what do we do? We're desperately eager to touch. The flat pack comes with a whole host of instructions. We think, ah, don't need that. Or then we're stuck in terms of where to go. We ask somebody directions. They tell us it's definitely you need to turn left at the next junction. We're pretty sure that it's right, so we go exactly the opposite way. Thank you so much for your advice about going left, but I'm going to go right anyway. Just like sheep. Sheep are simple-minded, stupid, stubborn, easily frightened and confused. They easily wander off, and when brought back, it's not long before they then wander off again, because they don't learn from their mistakes. We could say that the only thing that we learn from our mistakes is that we often don't learn from our mistakes. And why then is it that we well, we wonder why then that the Bible actually refers to us as sheep? Well, Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Got a brief clip to show you now. That happened a couple of weeks ago. When three of our members were out for a walk together and they were passing a field of sheep. And some sheep had actually got through a certain place and shouldn't have been there. And there was a little bit of, uh, of distraction and pandemonium as the rest of the sheep couldn't access where the other sheep were. And then a fox appears. Just listen to the bedlam that resulted with these sheep going their own way. That's quite, quite close to Eve Bond Cousins. You know, it's against that backdrop that Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Well, we're going to hear some of the, uh, some of the narrative of just before and just after that, as James, who's on holiday this week, has taken time out from his holiday to read this to us. And he's even in a field of sheep. Over to James. 
The reading today is from John 10, starting in verse 10. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. There shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. James. Mark chapter 9 verse 36. We read there, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. All of these verses remind us that we've got this inborn need for a shepherd. Jesus assures us that he is indeed the good shepherd. What's it like to be a shepherd? Well, there's a whole host of sheep in there, in and around Dorchester, so I guess there must be local shepherds too. Wouldn't it be great if we knew, though, exactly what it was like to be a real shepherd? Hello, everybody, and a special hello again to the community kids. Now, today we're talking about a time in the Bible when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Here we have a shepherd. Now, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd's job is to look after his sheep. So we need some sheep. I think I can hear some sheep. I wonder where they are. Shepherd, you need to get to them. Where they are. Now, the shepherd knows when his sheep are thirsty. And he brings them water. The shepherd also knows if his sheep are hurt and he bandages them. The shepherd knows when his sheep are hungry and he brings them food. The shepherd also knows if his sheep is going to do something silly, because sometimes sheep aren't the cleverest of animals. They might walk off the edge of a cliff or something. But luckily, the shepherd is there to stop the sheep. Now, if a naughty wolf comes to try and eat the sheep, the shepherd does a really good job of protecting them. Oh, there's the naughty wolf. 
he can look after them in the pen. The sheep really need that shepherd to keep them safe and show them what to do. And that's a little bit like us. We need a shepherd to look after us. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He will do all those things for us. That's great, Laura. Thanks ever so much. We need a shepherd, don't we, to guide and protect us. You know, when God describes us as sheep, it's not so that we're made to feel uh, useless and, uh, or anything like that. It's simply so that we've got this powerful visual aid that highlights that we're clearly in need of another to guide us in the right direction, to keep us safe and also to know that we're loved. But what about when we don't feel guided? Or what about when bad things happen to us? Knowing the shepherd doesn't mean that we won't get lost, doesn't mean that we won't uh, make mistakes, or that we won't get hurt. We live in a very real world. We're just like sheep in the best of hands. Bad stuff happens. But there is a shepherd who is there for you, for me, as and when such things occur. Ironically, you know, it's when the really bad stuff happens that it strikes me that people can fall into one of two categories. Either there are those who then hate the shepherd or conclude that because of whatever suffering there can be no shepherd and no God, or those who feel somehow they have discovered the reality of God as shepherd who's been there for them in their hour of need. And that's affirmed his reality in their own lives. This shepherd, you know, has always got our best interests at heart, even when we don't always see it. Often because maybe we're focused so much on, on the immediate or on the material or on the outside, the circumstances. But this shepherd cares for our inmost being. He cares for our souls. He knows us better than we know ourselves, our needs, our secrets, our longings, our flaws, our failings, our passions. He knows and he responds to all of that. He is the good shepherd. Of course, shepherds were really, really active. And this is your opportunity to release a little bit of energy too. Laura, with the help of Rupert and Francis, is going to teach us some dance steps. So don't just sit down. Come on, you're a lot better off to stand up and join in right here and now. You know you want to. Okay, we are going to teach you a dance. And the moves are like quite easy. So if you feel like you could get up off your sofa and join in, we would love to see that. Now, the moves are as follows. A bit of a grapevine to one side. So you cross your legs over and That's over Right over again. left, right over and left. And then back that way. Go over. Left over right and left over, over right. And back that way. And right over, over left and, and right over, over left. Really good. Now, the next move that you need to join in with is a bit of a heel, heel, toe, toe, ankle at the front, ankle at the back. And again, heel, heel, toe, toe, ankle at the front, ankle at the back. There's a little bit of hands on the hips and a few more hand actions, but I'm sure you'll do a great job 
of joining in to this song, which is I Am The Good Shepherd. Difficult for you to actually follow the actions, but do enter into the reality of praising God with this kid's song, I Am The Good Shepherd. Checking out John chapter 11. Uh, sorry, chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Left over right, right over left. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Left over right, and right over left. How are you doing this at home? The good shepherd, <laughs> the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Great, this good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, and we're one of those. Praise God. Forward back, forward back, touch the end, and then behind. You haven't started filming, you have, haven't you? Okay, right, I get the picture. All right, we're back in the game. Okay, so where were we? We need to trust, don't we, in the shepherd's care for us. He knows us like no one else does. Shepherds in Palestine knew their sheep. They even gave them names. Most were kept for their wool or their milk rather than to go with mint sauce. So the sheep themselves were offered with the shepherd for many years. Some of them even from the time that they were born right the way up through to the end of their lives. So the shepherds, they knew their sheep. Well, I want to introduce you to mine. This is ah, this is my sheep. This is this is Chip. Oh, if I could just balance them up there. And yep, you've guessed it. I've got a chip on my shoulder. Ka-ching. Okay, cheap gag. So we'll just put that chip down there. There we go. Okay, this is Chip. Anyway, um, like Chip, like the rest of the sheep, we need to listen for the voice of the shepherd. God still in the habit of speaking to us. You know, even though sheep are dim, no offence uh, there, Chip, but they can indeed discern the voice of the shepherd. When shepherds used to take uh, their sheep into the fold into the nearby town to be looked after by a hired hand uh, overnight, they used to leave them there, then the next day the shepherds would return and literally call out their sheep. The shepherd's voice was recognised. They just used to call them out, call them out by name, and the sheep would indeed follow. We've got so much that we can indeed learn from sheep at this point. God has built into their instinct the ability to discern between 
voices. What about what Jesus says? Well, I'm going to read just a couple of verses again from John chapter 10. We looked at these verses last week. Verse 3 and 4, the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And then again in verse 16, which we had read to us by James earlier, Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Do sheep only listen to their master? Well, this video clip that obviously is difficult to portray on audio is of a whole host of people on a guided tour to see if they could actually call out to a field of sheep and for the sheep to actually come. Nope, the first person tried to call them out, the sheep carried on grazing and ignored that person. A second person comes along and calls out, no, no response from the sheep whatsoever. You can probably hear them trying different uh, different sounds to try and beckon the sheep over and capture their attention. No, everybody's laughing because the sheep ignore them totally. The third person comes along. No, again, nothing happens. But then the farmer, the sheep farmer comes along and just walks up to the fence. The sheep all stop their grazing. They turn around and look towards the farmer. Moments later, all the sheep come running towards the farmer. But we know if something is God's voice. Or is it our own? Or is it from another source entirely? How do we, as his sheep, learn or discern to recognise the voice of the shepherd? We were thinking about that and spent a long time on that, actually, last Saturday at what we call Cafe Church. Now, when it's not locked down, we tend to meet here on a Saturday morning at the church at half past ten, where we discuss over coffee and a croissant the, the different theme for the weekend. We can't meet up and do that in the same way, but we can via Zoom. And if you wanted to do that, all you need to do is give us your contact details and we'll send you an invitation uh, to that. But during that discussion, a number of brilliant things came out from the people that were a part of that meeting about the different ways that we're able to discern the voice of the shepherd. One person said that we're able to discern that voice through our conscience. Well, what's that? Well, maybe where God's Holy Spirit is making us acutely aware of something that's maybe not right, that needs to be put right. Another person said it's maybe through reading the Bible. Well, we've done that today. We can discern what God might be saying to us through that means. Or through somebody explaining what the Bible teaches, which is what we seek to do here, week by week. It could work week by week. It could well be then. We're able to discern, you know what, that sounds like a word that's meant for me. Or it could well be that we could hear the voice of the shepherd through another person. Someone speaks into our life in a particular way. Or through our own common sense. God gave us our common sense after all. 
Or maybe it may well be in a moment of prayer, we're quiet, we're still, and then we've got that sense of God speaking to us in a particular way. Through prophecy. Well, what's that? Well, very often God can speak to a particular individual in a particular way, at a particular time, that's to do with a particular situation, or maybe to give that to another person to then pass on to you or to me. For others, it may well be that we have a sense of what God is saying in our dreams. Maybe because that's the one time when we're guaranteed to have our, our lips shut and we're completely still, so more able to be in that place of listening and hearing what God is wanting to say to us. Sometimes people feel almost a physical sensation if they're needing, uh, feeling the need to pray for someone that's got a bad leg or whatever it may well be. For others, it could well be an impression or an awareness of something in their minds. That's just ten different ways that we're able to discern the voice of the shepherd. Obviously, if we hear have uh, one of those things, it's as if we've got kind of like one of those pieces of the jigsaw puzzle, if you like. Now, that's great, but we can't see the whole picture here. Now, this is what I'm sure you're able to work it out, is a picture of Pepper uh, Pig here. Uh, not Percy Pig, as I was kind of tempted to say. But the more pieces of the jigsaw puzzle we have that go together, the more able that we're able to discern and to see the whole picture. Think about that. So that's the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. A bit of our knowing how God seeks to speak to us and to guide us. One of the things that's important for us to remember is that God will never contradict his word in the Bible. Next to that, I think it's important for us to realise that God normally speaks to us in different ways so as to confirm his word. But God does want to speak. It's whether or not we're that good at listening. That's where we maybe need a little bit more attention. Sometimes it's hard, isn't it, to listen. Sometimes we may well still know exactly what it is that God is saying to us. And that's when we're called to trust. Are you able to do that? Do you feel ready to trust this shepherd? To place your trust in him? To hand your life over to him more completely? Our next song is about just that. And following this song, John, who on Tuesday will be... Well, far be it for me to say, but let's just say it's a very special birthday, but you can have a guess. John is going to be leading us but firstly, a song. The Lord's my shepherd. This is all being pieced together by our own worship group. of the band of Ali playing a violin of Rupert and Francis lying in the fields sheep in the background 
so we're just coming to sit by a still sense of water. Just imagine that sense of God's place. Children's voices were Hazel, Joseph, and a couple of others as well. Fantastic, praise God. Wei Yang, Paul, Ali, Maria, and Charlene. Fantastic. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing on all those people who are struggling to cope with the coronavirus the lonely, the bereaved, those with mental health and family issues and people who have lost their jobs. Although we are gradually moving out of lockdown, there are still many people who need your comfort, Lord, and the hope you give us all. We particularly pray for Helen and Derek at this time, and we take a few moments in silence to personally ask God's blessing on those that known to us in special need.
As we focus today on Jesus, the Good Shepherd, who looks after his sheep, we have so much to thank you for, Lord. For the continuing contact that we have by phone, Zoom and FaceTime. For being able to meet in small groups, although still socially distancing. For the online services available, and we particularly thank you, Lord, for the people that make these possible. We thank you that they reach those people who do not attend church regularly. And we pray that they will start their journey to know you more, Lord. We pray for the key workers that look after us, especially in the health and retail services. And for the volunteers in our community that provide food parcels to families in need. We pray for our government, both national and local, that they have the wisdom to make the right decisions to take our country forward. We recognise that the balance between health and economic issues, both short and long term, is not an easy one for them. And finally, Lord, we thank you for being with us during this crisis and for the hope that we have in you and it, that it will continue to sustain us. Amen. Thank you, John, for leading us in our time of prayer. And now it's time, everybody, for our celebrations. Fantastic. Okay, well, in terms of our celebrations, the first thing I want to say is a welcome to a new family who has, who has joined us here at Dorchester Community Church. Now what does it mean to be a member of Dorchester Community Church? Well you can check that out on our website but basically it's for people who are saying you know what we love Jesus, we believe what the Bible teaches, we want to follow him, this is the place the people that we want to serve with and this is where we're going to get involved and have our friendship groups and we're going to reach out here with Dorchester Community Church being our HQ uh, if you like. So I'll see if I can remember all these names because it's it's pretty big family and you're going to be able to meet them very, very uh, shortly with a most chaotic uh, video like no other that will show very, very uh, shortly. There's George and Annika and they have five children. Their children's names are Jack, Ben, Eliza, Jemima and Emmy. I've remembered all of them. Take a look at this interview last week. <laughs> Okay, guys, how are you doing? Oh, we've lost one already. Yeah. You're doing okay. Okay, now I want you to all Hello. say who you are and what the kids. Oh, but, oh, here we go. It's Emmy that's just appeared. So this is George and Annika's and family who's wanted to join the church. So, kids, why don't, <laughs> why don't you say who you are and how old you are? You got first, Ben. Uh, I'm nine years old. I like dirt biking and I come from planet Earth. Oh, that's fantastic. Who's next? Uh, my name's Jack. I'm 11 years old. I like fishing. And I enjoy jumping <laughs> This is an interview like no other, but this is how it is. Okay, Liza. Yep. Hello, my name is Liza and I am seven years old. My, na 
My favorite animals are fluffy and furry ones. I like playing with cute animals. I I like doing crafts at church. I love Jesus. Hey, that's fantastic. Lucy, if you've written that, can I see what you've written? Can you show it up to the camera? Wow. Okay, that's brilliant. Well done. And who's next? Who we got next? Jemima. Jemima.
And happy birthday to Pat Chaplin and on Friday. Friday the 26th. Not a birthday, but just a reminder to pray for David Holman, who has, all being well, his next operation. And the celebration factor is, let's hope, David, this will be the last of such operations. Now, take a look at a picture of this incredible uh, blanket here that we're showing you. This blanket has been made from Thelma's uh, squares that she's been uh, knitting uh, together and then completed by Grace Weir. It's going to go to a charity in South Africa called Knit a Square. And people from 65 countries from around the world support this charity for children living in poverty or orphaned by AIDS. They've already sent uh, several blankets. So I think for both Grace and for Thelma, I don't know how we're going to get these to you, but there's chocolates here on the waiting, just like they were last week. We put them um, outside the building. Not too sure that, uh, that the three of them were picked up. I only found two when I came back here, so somebody obviously had one of them, I'm sure. But Don't forget to come up with a name for David's model railway station. Right in a bay and see if you can recognise this familiar face that I'm sure we're all missing. Take a look. Right, look at that for a beautiful specimen. Oh, now, am I referring to the rose or am I referring to Ian? How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm absolutely doing fine. Just a little bit ragged at the edges, I think. Ragged at the edges, I bet. Now, what have you been doing then over lockdown? What have I been doing? Oh, tidy the garden, cleaning, rubbing and scrubbing, and uh, walking, speaking to people, and... Uh, Generally communicating with people by letter. I've written a lot of letters. Uh, of course, phone calls, of course, all over the place. But you're a, you're a people person. This I must have been, this must sure have been really tough for you. What kind of stuff have you been missing? Uh, I've, I've been missing people. Yeah. I've been missing uh, our uh, uh, getting together. I miss Saturday morning so much. I never missed a Saturday morning. The cafe church, no. yeah. And I, I just missed the Bible study group on Monday morning. I miss seeing the people and just being part of... Well, we, we miss you, but this is the next best thing. Uh, people can actually take a photo of this, Ian, and stick that uh, as a poster on their wall so they've got an Ian Blackie in their own, I reckon. That, does it, have you got any message for the church, Ian? Oh, keep your chin up. Keep looking up. This will be over soon. Remember this. Every storm runs out of rain. Hallelujah. That's great. Take care, Ian. Okay. God bless. Thank you, Roger. Ian Blackie, the father figure of so many, I know, in our own church. Now that provides a useful lead-in. When we think of father figure, what is today? Today is, of course, Father's Day. Great opportunity for me to say, okay, for any dad who's here in the building today, this is your opportunity to help yourself to a chocolate from our Celebration Chocolate Tin. Oh, I'm the only one. Ha! Well, that's okay. No problem there, then. I'm going to help myself to a chocolate right now. Come on. Happy Father's Day to me. Mmm. Lovely. I'm never going to put those down. Now, more seriously, as we think about today, I'm aware that today is very often a difficult day for some. It is a day that can conjure up many different emotions. Maybe it'll be that you don't have a father. Maybe you're not able to be a father. Maybe you're not able to be with your father. Or you might not have good 
memories of your own dad at all. The Bible tells us to weep with those who weep, but to rejoice with those who rejoice. Caroline is one of our members, and she was celebrating being able to see her own elderly dad again. Not just on FaceTime, like this, but face-to-face, like this. She said that 12 weeks is the longest time in her whole life that she's not been able to see her dad for. Adding these words, his faith is so strong and he loves his saviour. Everyone at the home comments on his smile and I tell him that's a witness in itself. Well, I think that's a perfect way to introduce our next video clip for you. It's produced by a fantastic organisation called Home for Good who, recognising that every 15 minutes a child will come into care, they wanted to do something about that so that every child in the UK may one day have a forever family. But you know, whatever your own status, there's something in this clip for everyone, whoever you are. So watch, enjoy, be encouraged, but also allow yourselves to be challenged too. I'm going to do my best to read out some of the quotes here. My dad taught me to catch. My grandfather treated us all the same. He showed me how to be fair. My godfather taught me about the important things in life. Things like budgets and cricket. My stepdad taught me to drive. After we lost my mum, my dad was amazing. He taught me to not hide my feelings and to hold on to God when things are hard. My great uncle never gave up helping people. He taught me that age and health are no barriers to loving others. I learned something from all the men who have been dads to me. My birth dad, my foster dad, my adoptive dad, My youth worker, well, he was always there to listen. And now I always try to listen to others. My dad taught me how to change a nappy when my little brother was born. When my stepdad's company went bankrupt, he took a cleaning job because it was all he could get. He taught me commitment and humility. I build sandcastles with daddy. He makes really good ones. Even though he is a father figure to everyone as a church leader, My dad always has had time to play and to pray with me. My foster dad is the best dad I've ever had. He's amazing. Life doesn't come with an instruction manual. Thank you to every father figure who helps us piece our lives together. But there are children and young people who don't have anyone to look up to and to learn from. Could you be one of them? Could you be there for them? To mentor, foster, be a friend, a godfather, an adoptive father, maybe a guardian. Maybe speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. 
We read that in Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. Produced by Home for Good with CBM. You know, we need the shepherd, ultimately, to be our saviour. This is one who's willing to lay down his life for us. We could say that he's dying to love us. Think through this. In an average case, if a shepherd dies, the flock is abandoned to the darkness. There's nothing left to protect them. It's not good if the shepherd dies. But Jesus, as the good shepherd, knows that if he does not die then his flock will indeed be abandoned to the darkness. There's a kind of irony there. He allows himself to be devoured, if you like, so that you and I have the opportunity to really live. It was his knowledge of what we needed and his willingness to meet that need that led to his own death. It was no accidental death. Jesus says in both verses 11 and 14, I lay down my life for the sheep. A shepherd may well be willing to sacrifice his life, but Jesus doesn't just say that he's willing. He's actually planning and pursuing it. It wasn't the power of the wolf, but the authority of the son that leads him to lay down his life so that he might indeed take up his life again. This is what we read in the Bible in a book called 1 Peter. And chapter 2, Verses 24 and 25, we read these words. He himself bore our own, our own sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds we were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. As we'll see next week, he is indeed the resurrection and the life. It's his will and his choice. He says it emphatically in this passage. Uh, if I might um, um, just butt, butt in a moment, uh, David, on that point, uh, because the word life is, I think, very, very uh, uh, worth thinking uh, about. You see, in the Greek, which was the original uh, language that the New Testament was, uh, was originally written in, uh, Jesus is actually saying, literally, I myself lay down my life of myself. That would be the, the original translation. Uh, he lays down his life. It's not the word bios or, or zoe. Uh, those are the two words for life in the Greek, bios, I uh, mean, biological life, zoe, uh, that gets uh, transliterated, uh, zoology, the study of, uh, of life. Uh, it was neither of those uh, two sorts of scientific uh, words, if you like, whatsoever. It's the word suke, uh, suke, which is the actual the very word for soul, which speaks of the whole person, uh, you see. So not, not the outside, but the inside. He gave up his very soul, his whole person. He didn't just feel the pain of the battering, the thorns, the nails uh, in his body. No, his whole soul was indeed tortured, uh, tortured with sin-bearing anguish and, and, and suffering on our behalf. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, uh, says that he would give his soul as a ransom uh, for many. It, it translates life, but it's, it's the word suke, uh, again, that he felt it in his, in, in his very, uh, 
very core of his being, in his, in his soul, he died uh, for us. Um, one might say he laid uh, down his, his soul for the sheep. Uh, my, 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 my little uh, joke uh, there, uh, David. Okay, uh, thank you. The forever insightful Professor Terence of Pangbury Theological Seminary uh, there. Now it's time for a song. Maybe you can use this as a means of your own responding to God. The guy who actually wrote the song had been praying for a boy who people thought would die. Then one night things deteriorated. But it was that night when that boy took a turn for the worse that Jonathan Helser wrote these words as a cry, if you like, from his own heart. And included within the words of this song, he wrote, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. I raise a hallelujah. I watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah in the midst of the mystery. I raise a hallelujah. Fear, you lost your hold on me. Let's worship God together in song.
Spirit is alive. Turn to Him right now. Wait upon Him. to sing in the middle of the storm. God is with you. He'll see you through. So what might God be saying to you, I wonder? Is there someone that you could act as a shepherd towards? It could well be that you're already one of his sheep, but you're currently without a fold, without a church. It could well be that it's been some time since you've heard that voice of the good shepherd. Maybe you need to take time out to be still. Or of course, it could well be that you're not even sure who this good shepherd is. Or let alone whether or not you can have a relationship with him. The Lord is my shepherd, be son. Is that something that you could sing? Well, it could well be just a prayer away. Talk to him. He may well be just there for you. Follow the shepherd and not the herd. Well, thank you for listening to today's broadcast. I hope that God has blessed you and has encouraged you. If you'd like to know more about Dorchester Community Church or about anything that you've heard today, then please do get in contact either through our website or through simply phoning 01305 267171. The Lord's my shepherd. I hope that's true for you, especially that word my. He's not just the shepherd or a shepherd. Make him your shepherd. So that along with the band here, 
you can sing, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> 